This is the 10,000 Depositions Later podcast, episode three. I'm Jim Garrity. Today's topic, is it acceptable to demand that a deponent limit his or her answer to a simple yes or no when you ask a simple yes or no question? How many times have you heard this? You need to answer the question yes or no. I demand a yes or no answer. Or, I'm going to keep repeating the question until you answer it. Can you or any examining lawyer demand that deponents limit their answer to a simple yes or no when that is all the question technically calls for? What if the witness needs to put yes or no in context? Well, the short answer is yes, it's proper to do that. Most courts say a question calling for a simple yes or no is permitted by the rules and should be answered that way without narrative. Courts say that if the defending lawyer or any other lawyer in the deposition wishes to do so, he or she can ask follow-up questions and then allow the deponent to expand on their one-word answer. A key case on point is Natural Immunogenics Corp. versus Newport Trial Group, 2017 Westlaw 105-74264, Central District, California, 2017. Parenthetical is, if a yes or no answer is viewed as misleading by the deponent's counsel or a party's counsel, he or she may ask the deponent on cross-examination for a more complete answer. The court said that is one of the purposes of cross-examination under Federal Rule 30. Courts also seem to take the view that if in a given case, this particular manner of examination is or becomes for some reason abusive or harassing, a defending lawyer has the ability to halt the deposition under Rule 30D3 and seek court relief. A lawyer who believes the question is technically defective should also make objections as the deposition proceeds. Now, if you're the lawyer conducting the examination and you're asking questions that call for a clear yes or no, you should move to strike narrative answers or other commentary as non-responsive. Side note, yes, your objection game must include objections to answers as well as questions in a deposition. The entirety of a non-responsive answer comes into evidence at trial if you didn't timely object and move to strike it during the deposition. On that point, check out rule, Federal Rule 30C2 and the decision Acevedo Trucking, that's A-C-E-V-E-D-O, Trucking, Inc. versus State, 934 Southwest 2nd, 811-813, Court of Appeals, Texas, 1996. Parenthetical on that is that an objection that answers are non-responsive is an objection to the manner and form of taking the deposition and not to the actual substance of the answers. That means it requires a timely objection at the time of the answer, failing which your objection is waived. You should also consider asking the court, I might point out, after the deposition is over, to allow you additional time if needed to redepose the witness if you asked those kinds of questions and got a series of non-responsive answers that prevented you from completing the examination within the time allowed. Now, keep in mind though that demanding yes or no answers may result in a deposition where the witness had a lot more to reveal than your questions allowed. So there's a potential downside to this manner of examination. Those witnesses might fillet you on summary judgment or at trial with a court's blessing when they're allowed to provide the context and nuance to the one-word answer you demanded and you got. 
other cases saying that yes or no questions are legitimate and must be answered accordingly include the following with citations. Kelly, K-E-L-L-E-Y versus City of Hampton, H-A-M-P-D-E-N, etc. 2016, Westlaw 534-8568, District Court, Connecticut, 2016, where the court partially granted a motion to compel answers to questions at a deposition and directed the plaintiff specifically that when a question calls for a yes or no answer, the deponent is directed to answer yes or no. Another case on the same point, Calderon versus Simeon, S-Y-M-E-O-N, 2007 Westlaw, 735-773, District Court, Connecticut, 2007. Court there also entered an order directing the plaintiff to give a direct yes or no answer to a yes or no question, saying a narrative is not an appropriate response to a yes or no question. Still another case, Kasparov versus Ambit, A-M-B-I-T, Texas, LLC, 2017 Westlaw 484-2350 out of the Northern District of Texas in 2017. There the court noted the lay witness's frequent failure to squarely answer yes or no questions with yes or no answers, but the court said the testimony was sufficiently responsive overall that the re-deposition of the witness was not justified. Uh, Firefighters Retirement System et al. versus Sitco Group Limited et al. 2018 Westlaw 215-8769, Middle District of Louisiana, 2018. There the court noted the non-responsive answers to a simple yes or no question and cited the Kasparov case I mentioned a minute ago. And of course, the case I mentioned at the outset of this podcast, Natural Immunogenics Corp., in which the court rejected a motion for protective order filed by lawyers defending the deposition. They were asking the court to bar the lawyer that was conducting the deposition from demanding yes or no answers. Court said there's no authority to do that. Now, quick test of your keen intellect. Do you think any courts anywhere have said otherwise that a deponent or witness on the stand can turn a simple yes or no question into a lecture? I'll give you 10 seconds. You're absolutely correct. Just like Newton's third law, which is that for every reaction, there is an equal and opposite reaction. There's Garrity's first law, which is for every court ruling saying one thing, there's a ruling that says the exact opposite. So the answer, somewhat surprisingly, is yes. Several courts have said that a witness can go beyond the clear limits of a yes or no question in giving an answer. Cases supporting the notion that a witness can go beyond a strict yes or no answer, but I should mention whose decisions do not appear to have been meaningfully cited or followed by other courts on this point, include State versus Goins, G-O-I-N-S, uh, 94 Southern 2nd, 244, Louisiana, 1957. Parenthetical on that, a witness may give an explanation of a yes or no answer if he or she deems that the whole truth so demands and it is relevant and otherwise admissible. Not a lot of support for that ruling. Uh, Williams versus State, 293, Southern 2nd, 324, uh, Court of Central Appeals in Alabama, 1974, parenthetical, finding no reversible error in a trial judge's refusal to honor a defense counsel's insistence that the witness on the stand be required to answer yes or no questions. Court said the witness can choose their own phrasing as long as the answer is generally responsive to the question. Also on this point, supporting this notion, Tajanera, T-A-J-O-N-E-R-A versus Black Elk Energy Offshore Operations, LLC, 2015, Westlaw, 
915-273, Eastern District of Louisiana, 2015. I should mention that in that decision, the court criticized at least one of the examining lawyers for their conduct and the way that they treated the witness, constantly telling the witness that their answers were non-responsive, constantly demanding yes or no answers. So it appeared to me that the court in this case was more upset with the overall conduct of the lawyers than simply demanding yes or no answers. So I'm not sure that that decision provides a whole lot of support for the simple act of demanding yes or no answers. Uh, also, Howard versus Offshore Lift Boats, LLC, 2015 Westlaw 965-976, Eastern District of Louisiana, 2015. Very similar decision, criticizing the same counsel in the Tajanera case, this time for arguing with witnesses 34 times, the opinion said that the question was a very simple question that the witness was not answering, demanding on 55 occasions that the witness answer with a yes or no, and telling the witnesses or deponents that there is no explanation required. So again, at least some reference to what the court described as allegedly overbearing conduct by the counsel. So again, that may make that holding unique to the factual situation. It did sound like the judge had generally grown weary of the deposition conduct. In fact, the court specifically said uh, that it's obviously, and I'm quoting now, obviously that is not a matter for the questioning lawyer to decide, meaning whether the witness can or must limit their answer to yes or no. The court going on saying, and it is improper to attempt to instruct or demand that a witness answer a question in a certain way simply because the questioning lawyer is looking for that type of answer. And United States versus Sears, Roebuck and Company, Inc., 518 F SUP 179, 187, Central District, California, 1981. In that case, the court dismissed a criminal indictment against a company in part as a sanction for what the court described as prosecutorial misconduct, which the case says included the prosecutor's constant demand for yes or no answers to questions concerning matters that were not fairly susceptible of one-word answers. So that's something to keep in mind, too. If the questions really don't call for a simple yes or no, at least one court, that one, has said it's fair game for the witness to keep talking. Again, it's all going to be fact-dependent. The more persuasive decisions appear to say pretty clearly that questions seeking a simple yes or no answer are proper and that a lawyer can hold the witness to a strict yes or no answer. The cases holding otherwise I provide to you for completeness in case you find yourself on the opposite side of this kind of dispute. But those cases, the ones saying that a witness can go beyond the scope of the question and in essence say whatever the witness feels is appropriate and responsive to the question, don't seem to have the same kind of wide following as the other decisions and most of them seem to involve unique situations that might have triggered a particular ruling based on the unique facts in those cases. All right, and with that, there you have it. Thanks for listening. Please remember to subscribe to this podcast if you haven't already so that you automatically get new episodes as they're released. Also, please mention it to your friends and colleagues that might have an interest in deposition strategies and tactics. And of course, I always appreciate a positive five-star review on whatever site you use to get your podcasts. Thanks again.